It's funny, isn't it, with these masks? You can't see anything if you wear glasses. <laughs> so glad that we can take them off. Um, I've titled this sermon very simply, Power in Weakness. Um, it's a kind of oxymoron, isn't it? Because we believe that we have to be strong and have the right resources and do the right thing, have the right ability, have the appropriate gifts in order to be used by God. But actually, the more and more I grow, the more I learn, I realise that I can't trust in my own strength. I can't trust in my own resources. I can't trust in my own ability, my talents and my gifts. And that's the one thing I've always done. But that's why you, you hear, don't you? The more you learn, the less you know. Uh, and that's really where I'm going there. And the, the big caution there is I, isn't it? Me. If you put I and me or my in that, then I realise that actually there's very little lasting fruit in your life. So really it's in our weakness, and many of us may feel weak, especially at the moment, we can really trust that God is the one at work. He is the one that brings that power in our lives and other people's lives. Just a few lessons I've learned on my journey. Just going to share with you a few stories. Um, It was only recently, actually, one of the things that God delivered me from was performance-based ministry. You know, where you come in and you put all your trust in everything you've written down in a sermon and how you deliver it. You know, and then when you don't do it the way you wanted to do, you go away going, oh, no, I hope someone encourages me today and it doesn't come. And you're like, oh, no, God delivered me from that. Um, But then it reared its ugly head again the other week. (laughs) Where things didn't go the way I'd planned, or the way I'd written, didn't say the things that I wanted to say, and I felt a bit down. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't really deliver that well. And isn't it ironic that actually it was through this sermon I got the most comments that people were saying, God really spoke to me. Because I wasn't in it. I I was feeling like I, I weren't delivering anything, but yet God was speaking through his word. So... You know, when you plan to do a certain thing, if it doesn't go your way, you, you're not trusting in yourself. You're trusting in God's power to, 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 to work. Um, another time, and this was quite um, a powerful lesson for me, that I was asked to preach in a big church in, in Colchester, and I gave a message in the morning, I gave a message in the afternoon, but it was also asked me to give a message in the evening service. But I felt the Holy Spirit, as I was at home, say, you need to change your message. I want you to preach on healing. Now, many of you may know this, or well, you probably don't know this actually at all, that I was healed from Crohn's disease, um, which is, it was incurable, is incurable, but God spoke to me through his word, and I was healed. So I really believe in the power of healing, and the Lord said, go and tell your testimony and share with them that Jesus wants to heal you tonight. So I was like, oh no, such trepidation and fear. I thought, I can't say that. My, is my theology correct? People might think, oh no, here he goes, this faith preacher or whatever it was. And anyway, um, on the way there, I felt weak. I felt tired. I felt ill. I felt like I was going to faint. And I remember just the moment before I was preaching, I thought, if I get up, I'm going to faint. I just felt so weak so ill, and I thought, there's no way I can get through this. And it was in that moment I thought, Lord, I'm just going to do it in your strength. And I got up, and I hadn't got a clue what I said, but I was speaking, and, and, and isn't it wonderful? I heard, I think it was a month later, that a woman who had this really debilitating muscle disease, 
through the time we prayed afterwards, God healed this woman. And my, my revelation of that is God was teaching me that actually he was proving to me that he doesn't need me and my strength to work so powerfully. The other thing was that Satan didn't want that woman healed, but God did. And obviously the, the, the enemy was trying to push me down and beat me down, but God was using my weakness in that. So just an example of how God uses us in our weakness, which is quite powerful, isn't it? So it's not about me. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's about the Lord and his power and his strength. I'd ask you, do you feel weak today? Uh, maybe not. That's a rhetorical question. You know, sometimes people nod and put their hand up. But actually we do, don't we? I think with the, the expectations on us, the individuals and church at the moment, especially pastors, can feel real burdened and weak and thinking, I can't do this. Um, I wonder if circumstances that you're in may feel like they're holding you back. I wonder if you're suffering from poor health at the moment. You think maybe, you know, that's affecting your ability to function in some way. One of the things we've been learning over this last period is the, the, the grow, the mental health issues. Uh, and even they were saying 25% of pastors suffer with mental health issues. You're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, you think maybe that prevents you from being used by God. Maybe your personality, you're too quiet, or maybe you're too loud. Some people say, I'm too loud. Or maybe you're like Marmite. People either love you or hate you. Um, there's loads of things, and you think, actually, people don't like me, so you know I'm not going to be effective for God. And there might be things that you struggle with in your life that, that negate your impact on God working in your life. There's no way that God could use a person... Like me, because, you know, list, 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 list. I just want to say God's not dependent upon you to work. And, and, and if I could just stop there, that would be brilliant. Because actually, that sets us free, doesn't it? From performance and all this stuff. When I was preparing this sermon, I, was, I thought about a lady named Anne. She's got multiple cirrhosis. She got getting to the point where she can't actually walk now. But she's so full of faith. She's part of our fellowship. And she came to my mind, and I wanted to remind her when we was on a Zoom meeting. I said, Anne, the Lord told me that his power is working through you in your weakness. And one of the few things that we, we don't understand, although she's ill and she feels useless, she feels like God can't use her, but actually she's the one online giving the gospel to people while she's at home. She con constantly brings in carers who hears the gospel <laughs> And they're often sharing times and praying with us and that. And how God is using her is just is amazing. But she don't see it because she feels so weak. But actually God is moving so powerfully. So if you're feeling weak today in a list of any of these things, actually God's not dependent on, on you to use you today. And that's good, isn't it? Even through this coronavirus, even through lockdown, even if you're at home, God can still use you so powerfully. Now, I don't want to go on too long here. Did you know that the Apostle Paul was criticised in this book for being weak, for being timid? Did you know that? This is the Apostle Paul. It says in here, it says that uh, he was timid when he was at Corinth. Yeah, that, remember he said he went with fear and trembling. But he was bold in his writings. So this is what they were criticising for. You know, when you come here, you're really timid, really fearful. But yet when you write, you're like this powerful man. They said he was unimpressive as a person. That's really harsh, isn't it? 
But his letters are really weighty. Untrained as a speaker. But yet he had wonderful knowledge. Imagine if I went home today and you lot fed back saying, Simon, he's pretty timid. He's he's not a very good speaker, is he? (laughs) Um, He's really unimpressive. I'd be like, oh no. (laughs) I'd feel, well, my my self-esteem would drop a bit. But Paul here is putting in a case for his apostleship. He's putting in and saying, actually, um, what we'll realise here is that I'm not trusting in myself. Because then I'm going to make a case for my apostleship. Actually, all my weakness is my boast. Because actually, that's where God works so powerfully. That's why he says, look, I was in prison more than all the other apostles. I was flogged more than all the apostles. I was stoned and shipwrecked and I had sleepless nights. I was hungry and naked. I was cold and to top it all off, I had the burden of the church. And In brackets it says in the NIV, it says, I'm out of my mind talking like this because he starts putting this boast in. And then he says this, who is weak? And then he says, and do I not feel weak? This is the Apostle Paul. If I must boast, I boast in the things that show my weakness. And here is, was this top man, you know, Hebrew of the Hebrews, descendant of Abraham, blameless in the law and traditions. And yet the one example he uses in this passage, just before you read that, was the fact that he had to be lowered in a basket out of Damascus. Do you know when he first got saved? He's saying, actually, look at, look at who I truly am. I have to hide from everybody, hiding in a basket, being dropped from the wall. So I want to boast in my weakness. This is the oxymoron of being an apostle. They are so powerful men, aren't they? But yet, uh, it was through their weakness that they were strong. I think most of them were led to their deaths at, at some point, apart from John. So being, I would ask, why is this? Why is weakness so important in the Apostle Paul's life? Because being an apostle opened oneself up, in particularly him in this case, the possibility of being conceited, the possibility of being puffed up with pride, because it's said that he had revelations beyond anyone and anything that we can imagine. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you've read the book of Ephesians. I, I hope you have. I remember one of my mentors saying, go and read Ephesians and then read it again and again and again. And I've camped in it for years. I've camped in particular in, in Revel, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1. And you can study it and study it and there's new things come every day. This was just one chapter of Revelation that the Apostle Paul had, but I can't even get my head around it. Um, it's just so amazing. And not only did he have revelations and wrote most of the New Testament, he had a heavenly encounter. Now he refers to this person as a third person, but actually he's talking about himself. Um, and this third person was caught up to, to the heavenlies. And he's not sure if it was a vision or he was actually literally caught up in heaven. But he doesn't really talk about it. In fact, he refers it as someone else. I'd wonder if that happened to me or you. Would it be, you know, my rapture, Beth's encounter, journey to heaven and back? Would that probably be more like that, wouldn't it? But the Apostle Paul is saying no, actually. But because of the revelations and because of the heavenly encounter that he had... There's only one thing. He would have been so puffed up if he hadn't have had um, this thorn in the flesh that he had. Now you ask, what is the thorn in the flesh? I wonder if you've ever asked that question. And, and there's lots of ideas, isn't there, that he struggled with particular things, that he was ill. That, you know, I think I'm going to give a, um, what are, my view on what the thorn of the flesh is. 
But it says here that the, the th- two things, that the thorn of the flesh was given to him by God, but it also was a messenger of Satan. That's a bit unusual, isn't it? And I suppose it would be like this. Sometimes if you went to a pastor um, about coronavirus and you said, what's going on? Is this coronavirus from God or not? One pastor might say to you, well, yeah, I believe God has sent it in order to give people a technological upgrade. No, um, God is using it to get the church in shape so that we're more outward facing, so that we are reaching and impacting the world. And I know that people have been saved through the live feeds and the videos that have been shared by the churches. Um, God is at work. He's the one that's doing it. And then another person would say, no, Satan's at work here. Another pastor might say this. In fact, all the ch- churches are shutting down. You know, it's, a, it's a, a global agenda and all this stuff. So, not that I would say that. But, but actually, there's, there's a twofold here, isn't there? It's not always just a simple answer. And uh, my question is, can God use Satan for his means to an end? And we all know that that's true. He, he's like the master chess player, our God, isn't he? Uh, he will allow Satan some reign in, in, in our world, but he has an ultimate plan. And uh, yeah, I think here, um, Paul's thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan, but God used it in order uh, so that he wouldn't be puffed up with pride. Um, because pride is a, a, a real biggie, isn't it? I mean, that's how Satan fell, isn't it? Through pride. So Paul here is a thorn in the flesh, and the thorn in the flesh is an Old Testament idea that Paul had because it was the Israelites, the surrounding nations would harass Israel and it says like there'll be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side. That's from the books of book of Numbers. So Paul would have had this idea. So the Apostle Paul, the thorn in the flesh, would have actually been the persecution that he was enduring. Now just bear in mind, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, where he visited Galatia, there was a place called, I think it's called Lystra or Lystra. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. Are there any scholars in here? He was in a place called Lystra, and that was the place where he got stoned. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> right. But it was actually the Galatians that took Paul in. And in the book of Galatia, it talks about that Paul suffered with this infirmity. And they took him in when he first preached the gospel there. And it says they would have t- taken their own eyes out and give it to him. And I'm trying to think now. I'm not being dogmatic about this. That Paul visited Lystra. The Galatians took him in. He preached the gospel there. But they probably uh, took care of him. Because bear in mind, it, 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 we don't know. He was like nearly beaten to death. So it probably uh, took time to heal and things like that. So Paul here is saying, actually, the, the, the thorn in my flesh is actually the persecution that I have to endure. Wherever I go, from city to city, from town to town, there's constantly people persecuting me all the time. And he lists that, doesn't he, all the way through this letter. I've been you know, shipwrecked and all sorts like that. I've been stoned and, and things like this. So I believe Paul is like, you know, Come on, Lord, I'm, I'm going to plead with you three times to take away this thorn in the flesh. And what did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient for my for power is made perfect in weakness. And the Apostle Paul doesn't go, oh, you know, start arguing with God. He said, like, OK, Lord, you've spoken. He said, then, then in my infirmities, I'm going to boast in my weakness so that God's power, Christ's power rests upon me. 
And that's a, that's a, I mean, would we pray that? I'm not sure. But here, the Apostle Paul, he saw the benefit, saw the power in his weakness. Here he's got, he comes to Corinth with fear and trembling. He, he's got some sort of infirmity going on. It says that he doesn't come with eloquent speech or persuasive words. He calls himself timid and all sorts. But actually, the Apostle Paul is the one who was going to, he says, I'm trusting in the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And I think Paul gives us a wonderful lesson here of Christianity, really, because actually we don't want to trust in our own selves. And it doesn't matter what you're going through or what situation you're in, God can use you. And I think that is um, really, really encouraging today, isn't it? And I'm just trying to think of just an application for this, for this truth. Is that I'm learning as I grow that God is not dependent upon me to work. I just need to be a vessel that is available for the Lord. Um, so whatever circumstance you're in, I will say God wants to use you, especially in your weakness. Whether you're struggling with a physical issue, a mental problem, difficult circumstances, whether you are struggling with a particular thing going on in your life, maybe you have feelings of inadequacy, a lot of us struggle from that. You're too young, it's Jeremiah, I'm too young, he said that, didn't he? But maybe you feel that you're too old. No, that's nonsense. Maybe you're like me, your Marmite personality. I would say no, God can use you whatever situation you find yourself in. He's not dependent upon you, but only dependent upon your availability. I don't know how that's going to play out in your lives now as we go into lockdown. But one of the things that we are learning is actually I want to break off any expectation off of you to be a particular church or be a particular Christian. Because actually you just need to be, or we need to be led by the Spirit and just say, Lord, where do you want me to flow today? Regardless of my circumstances, who do you want me to bless? Who do you want me to pray for? And I think that's um, really what God is speaking to different churches in different ways at this time. And I would say that this COVID lockdown, God is removing the crutches of many churches. And I think that some crutches of churches can be activities. And God is sort of taking them all away and saying, actually, is this really what I, I want you to do? So we want to then trust in his power. We want to hear his voice and his leading. Um, so remember that. That's all I just, the one thing I want you to remember today is that doesn't matter what circumstance or situation you're in. If you are feeling weak today, just remember Paul, who probably uh, was, I don't know, come under such trials more than any of us would even endure in our lifetime. But he said, actually, I, I boast in that weakness so that God's power can rest upon me. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And all we have to be is available for him. So let us just, just pray together. Father, we just thank you uh, for that truth. Thank you, Lord, that it's not about us. Lord, it's not about our resources. Lord, it's good to have resources and skills and gifts and talents and all that to be used for you. Lord, we're not um, negating that, Lord. But Lord, we're not trusting in that. Um, we're trusting in you. Lord, we just pray that you would, each one of us, Lord, even if we feel weak today, Lord, we pray that your power would be released through us. 
Lord, whether we're prayers, whether we're doers, um, whatever we do, Lord, we pray, Father, that we do it in your strength and in your power. Lord, pray for Beth as she leads the church. Father, with um, just speaking to her this morning, Lord, with um, sort of two jobs. I know how that feels, because I'm in the same, doing the same thing. We pray, Lord, that she would be able to trust in your power. Uh, and Lord, we just pray that, um, yeah, that the fellowship would be able to support her in that role, Lord. Uh, but Lord, we just commit this time to you. And we thank you, Lord, that, yeah, it, it's you that gets the glory. Lord, you'll share glory with no other person. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'll put my mask back on. Anyway. <laughs>